0: CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for Your Money and Your Life. Welcome into another edition of Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP with Donald W. Cash and Associates, and myself here to talk about, uh, well, just kind of the state of things. Uh, right now. It's been a pretty busy month, Don. We're in coming into the holiday season, elections over, you know, all sorts of stuff. So we got a lot of topics to cover today. And uh, let's just jump right in and start having a chat. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Marky? Doing pretty
0: good. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. You had a guest uh, on the show. You had the Medicare show uh, about the open enrollment last time. So I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. So what's new? Yeah,
1: I've been uh, doing a lot of traveling and... Uh... Traveling the country, Mark, personal yeah, and business okay. reasons. I had a trip to Las Vegas to collaborate with our IRA experts and get a view of what's in store for uh, the remainder of this year and for 2023, which is yeah. only seven weeks away as we record this. Can you believe that? No, <laughs> I cannot.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, in some ways, I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I think a lot of us are ready for 22 to be over. Uh, it has been a volatile, interesting year for sure. So I think uh, many of us are probably happy about that. Hey, and speaking of that IRA thing, um, I read that article in the Wall Street Journal that you contributed to. And actually, I want to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, so we'll get into that. That's very cool stuff as well. But uh, you were also near my neck of the woods. You were in the, uh, the South Carolina area.
1: That's right. Actually, I took a quick one-day trip to Myrtle <laughs> just, Beach just in the fall, uh-huh. uh, which is my it's the first time I've been down there this time of year. And that trip falls into the category of you never know what your kid's going to get interested in or into. Mm -hmm. My youngest son, Nick, graduated from high school last year and started college. And recently he's gotten into um, MMA, mixed martial arts, like kickboxing. Right, And uh, his mom- my wife, Kathy, is not happy at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: we chatted about that uh, briefly a, a few months back. So, yeah, she's still uh, she's still upset about that, huh?
1: Uh, she's not happy. Yeah. Good news is he did win his first fight. Oh, so. fantastic.
0: Well, that's <laughs> yeah. encouraging. Yeah, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah, exactly. So is that what you were down on the
1: SE for? Yeah, we were. Um, just went down there for the day to watch him and then oh, okay. f- flew home. So gotcha. it was a quick trip. And from here, it's only... Mark, maybe in like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. It's Super fast.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not long. Well, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, volatile year. I mentioned 22 being over. Many people are close to being over. People are very excited about that. And I think we're all happy, if nothing else, that at least the election adds are over, right? No <laughs> more commercials Absolutely. Uh, every two minutes, I guess, unless, of course, you live down in the Georgia area where you're still having to deal with it with the runoff. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about what it means now and how it affects us from a planning standpoint. The uh, we, t- time we're taping this and dropping this, down. I don't guess it's totally officially over, uh, so we'll still have a few things to sort out. But what's
1: your take? Yeah, you know, the first week of November, in my mind, is always tough. I mean, we lose daylight savings time right? <laughs> you were cranky, right? Yeah. yeah. And every two years we have to deal with election drama that seems to be getting worse and worse every cycle. And, we're going to get like, yeah.
0: what, maybe a five-month reprieve before, you know, six months before a, yeah, campaigning starts for presidential stuff, you know?
1: I'd love five months. It seems like probably five days that, from now. Well, yeah, that might start. be true too, yeah. <laughs> but personally, you know, I can't stand these like 4.30, 5 o'clock sunsets. But speaking of darkness, let's Mm -hmm. talk about the uh, direction (laughs) after the election as the dust settles here. And uh, as most people know, there was no big uh, red wave, right? We were talking about that before the the show. That means that Republicans did not pick up a substantial majority in Congress or the Senate. Yeah, they underperformed. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we have roughly a 50 50 Senate. Give or take a seat, uh, slightly more than fifty fifty Congress, like we did last time, and slightly more than fifty fifty with governors. actually, it's like twenty eight twenty two something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's really the definition of of what they call divided government,
0: yeah, and I guess depending on your stance that you know you know we'll see how that plays out. But I read that we we may actually have uh, all of the votes counted in, in Nevada and Arizona. Uh, in another week or two, which just still seems really goofy. And, of course, the runoff, as I I joked about a minute ago, in Georgia. So uh, it's like another month maybe.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that what – all voters can agree on Mark is that it's taking way too long in some yeah. places to finalize these vote tallies. I remember, you know, when we when we were younger, right when you and I were eighteen and we first started voting years ago, we get the results by the time we went to bed.
0: Yeah, at least the projections. And, I mean, the reality is, yeah. yes, it takes a little bit to certainly certify and verify, but the projections were pretty accurate
1: they were and that was in the days before computers i mean they were counting stuff by hand and you would know like you're right maybe a day or or a, a day or two later, but I don't remember anything yeah. like this. With it's going to take a week, or there's a runoff a month later. It, it, it just seems like we're going in the wrong direction with at least getting the count right and uh, getting a, the election results quickly.
0: Yeah, it's constant voter changes and laws and things of nature. And you see big states like Florida or California it's, get theirs done in a really relatively you know quick fashion. I mean, you got to give. Florida, some kudos, right? They had those big problems back in 2000, and they certainly figured out how to fix that. Uh, But getting back to that idea of divided government, what does that mean for us on the retirement, investing, planning side of life?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Actually, uh, divided government, you know, meaning that the party that controls the Congress differs from the party that controls the White House. It's really very, very common after midterm elections. Um, And from an investment standpoint, this is what's interesting. I just read this recently in in the year after every midterm election since 1950. So it's going back over mm-hmm. 70 years, Mark. The stock market, the S&P 500 has gone up regardless of the party in power. Mm-hmm. Right? So even better, stocks tend to outperform when there's a divided government, which is pretty common. Yeah. So uh, since 1950, the S&P 500's outperformed Whenever pro- uh, the voters produce a, a power split, right, hmm, right, or Republican-controlled Congress in this case, and a Democrat president and of course past performance, we always have to say this, <laughs> is no guarantee yeah. of future results. So don't go to the bank on this and say, you know, Don says we're right. going to buy, load up on stock, which, you know, we never say anyway. Yeah, no, that uh, is
0: interesting. And if you've watched the the market actually from Tuesday to the Thursday when we're putting this out, um, you could see that actually. It was very, it was shaky and i you know, waiting for some things, but it's actually up, you know, a little bit. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I guess the two questions that that begs is why is one pretty simple question and and two is is there any difference because of some of the record things that we are facing sort of this kind of perfect storm of you know inflation and and mortgage rates going
1: up and the sky high gas prices and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean they're great questions And, and more recently um a phenomenon we're seeing and it's really i'm not really hearing too much talk about this mark is really the the mortgage interest rates or when we were younger and buying our first house seven percent didn't seem that high right right but i mean now it would going from what two and a half percent to seven percent that's a shocker it does feel yeah yeah, you're For thinking, oh, are
0: we going to make a change or we're going to do like a retirement home or upgrade or something like And you're like, well, not now, you know, because you feel like it's such a high number. But yeah, to your point, just 15 years ago or 20 years ago, it didn't seem that bad.
1: No, it didn't. And, you know, I'm thinking about my own family. My daughter's getting married in June and they're going to be buying a house at some time in the future. Yeah. So we'll see how that shakes out. It tends to, you know, go up and maybe come back down again. But right. To your two questions: Why is it, and is it different this time because okay. of inflation and uh, interest rates and gas prices and things like that? Uh, to the first question of why the uncertainty of the election is behind us, right? So, markets, investors hate uncertainty, right? And and as you mentioned, if you notice, since it was apparent that there would be a divided government over the past month or so, the stock prices have gone up pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, end right. of October was was uh, pretty banging.
1: Yeah, ever since uh, I would say the end of September until mm-hmm. Election Day, it was kind of clear that we were going to have this gridlock or, or divided government in Washington. And uh, it's all priced into the market, right? It's not right. like Election Day happens and boom, there's a big change. But also with divided government, there won't be any spending bills right passed, uh or likely any tax changes. And the free market can operate with really less constraint, less interference. Uh, There is this issue with divided government mark of the debt ceiling. So there is not a government shutdown, maybe if there's an agreement that can't be reached. But that's more of a technical point. And, And recently it's been more political theater than anything else. You know, one side getting blamed for it. It maybe it lasts a couple of days and it doesn't seem to have much impact on the economy. But I do think that most people are happy the the election is uh at least election season is behind us. Yeah.
0: You know, I remember growing up to that point, people, you know, being I remember sp- me my dad and various folks being kind of excited when the government was kind of in a gridlock, if you will, because to that point it kind of meant nothing else would get changed, nothing too dramatic anyway, right? Uh, and so that kind of, in some ways, I guess winds up being a good thing, at least for, from a st- stability standpoint. Uh, and as to your point about the uh, that data going back to 1950 with the market, apparently that seems to feel the same way. So is election season you know, ever really behind us like to our joke earlier? Maybe not. Maybe five days, maybe five weeks before it seems like the presidential thing will start. Uh, when one's over, another starts. And, of course, yeah, we're going to have a lot of turmoil with the mode of 2023 going into 2024 with – uh, who's going to run and what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So, how about the issue of inflation, um, interest rates, gas prices? You know, that was high top of mind for many voters, but maybe not as not, as much as we thought.
1: Yeah, you know, this is like just so hard to figure out, right? And and that gets back to the point we always talk about in the past about like timing the markets and and trying to figure out where things are going to go and. Uh, But to your point about the election season never being over and what's going to be happening in 2023, it gets back to what we've discussed in the past as well about you know you you have to have a proper balance of just turning off the TV, oh big time, right, and not looking at every alert on the cell phone because a lot of this does develop into. A theater and a media spectacle where they really want to capture our attention. Want oh, yeah. To capture I our had it. to
0: stay away from social media all this week because
1: it's just too much. Oh, not only social media, but texts from your friends. Yeah. And, you know, what about this? What about that? I mean, it's all speculation. And the media loves speculation. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. Oh, they love that. But the issue of inflation, interest rates, and gas prices, these are you know legitimate questions. Um, not clear how this affected the election this year but you know keep in mind over the past 70 years we've had a lot of tough times and crises right we've faced cuban missile crisis and the threat of nuclear war with russia uh, the vietnam war in asia social unrest in the 60s and 70s and more recently over the past couple of years and inflation and gas crises of the 1970s of course not even that long ago 20 years 9 11 15 years ago the banking crisis and covid so we've faced a lot of tough times over the years and as it relates to inflation interest rates and gas prices we've been down that road before
0: yeah you know it's funny if you look at that list think about that list you you just remove a couple of those uh, specific items like you know 911 it's basically a repeat right now right you know we've got many of the same countries at play issues um you know, Russia, China, Middle East, high gas prices,
1: social unrest. You know, it's
0: it's pretty, it's pretty similar. Uh, so times are not
1: all that different. Now you're right, and you know, even when you're talking about 9/11, that was a Middle Eastern related issue. Well, that's right? true too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it seems like uh, you know the history doesn't repeat itself, right? But the old saying is, it does rhyme. It often rhymes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right, so the key to getting through these tough times, of course, we've discussed this before, is have a plan. Uh, don't react emotionally, and don't try to figure this all out ahead of time. I mean, there's still people, Mark, that are glued to their computer or their smartphone, trying to uh, time the market. And and last year it was uh, you know people buying Bitcoin and mm-hmm. Ethereum and things like that, but. Uh, you know the the past two years should be a great lesson, right? Last year, as I mentioned, we had the the Bitcoin uh, frenzy and Facebook and, and Tesla and people getting into other hot stocks. And now Bitcoin is down. I don't know what is it like seventy percent mark. It's been all like over, that? yeah, but it's a lot. now was maybe more than that. Uh, Facebook is is taking a real hit. Uh, they just announced
0: layoffs this week. So, yeah, I think
1: they announced they were like laying off something like 11 or 12,000 employees, Mm -hmm. um, look what happened with Twitter, right? When Musk closed that deal, they laid off, I don't know, like a third of the workforce, uh, Tesla's down speaking of Musk 50%. So just remember, just keep it simple. Like an acronym, remember the three D's diversification, discipline, and determination to stick with a plan. And we talk about all these kind of things all the time, Mark, there's only so much time left in life to really make a significant impact, a big impact in the people around you. So, uh, you know, let's focus on enjoying life, spending time with the family, exercising, traveling, volunteering in the community, and not getting too hung up
0: on the news or politics. Yeah, for sure. You know, and speaking of that discipline and diversification and determination, let's touch on what we can anticipate uh, some for the year-end and into 23. We mentioned the layoffs uh, at Meta. For example, many companies, many big tech companies, have actually announced hiring freezes. Uh, There's a lot of things out there in the news, and that tends to indicate some things about the upcoming economy. So let's let's, uh, kind of, I guess, uh, dovetail that into your Wall Street Journal. interview that you did. You've been uh, an authority on IRAs for quite a while now, and you just came back from that meeting with the other IRA experts. What changes are being proposed in Washington? Uh, Do you see some opportunities? Let's just kind of dive into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and as it relates to that Wall Street Journal article, it was specifically how IRA owners, uh, the ones over 72, Mark, Mm -hmm. are dealing with this issue of taking their required distributions from their accounts, while their balances may be substantially lower. Mm-hmm. Okay, so taking an extreme example, we we talked about uh, Facebook and Tesla. Sure. If someone had a, a million dollars of Facebook and Tesla stocks in their IRA as of December 31st of last year, mm-hmm. and now it could be worth four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, they need to take money out of the account and pay taxes based on last year's higher value that's the rule yeah, that's and it, it crazy. really you know get it takes uh, a hit on the chin for a lot of people
0: yeah I mean that's that's wild I mean, it's, it, I mean a lot of people probably don't even realize that so you're paying taxes on the value that is no longer there. Um, you know, and it's you know a year later or whatever. So that's a big hit. Uh, the article talks about some strategies to deal with this. And we'll put a link um, to that article in, in the show notes. One of the things you did mention, Don, was diversification. So you wouldn't be down 60 or 70 percent. Going forward, what are some of the changes and planning opportunities for, you know, next year?
1: Yeah, there's some for sure some opportunities I see for next year, even maybe for this year as well. Okay. Um, we you know we do a lot of Roth IRA analyses, and we look at uh, conversions around this time of year, right? Uh, because you know people have a really good idea of what their income is going to be for 2022, mm-hmm. uh, since we're already um, in the middle of almost the middle of November of 2022. Uh, so, a few takeaways from my collaboration uh, with the other planners and the meetings that I've done recently: uh, there are big changes. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this in the tax bracket mark for next year due to the impact of inflation.
0: And let's not confuse folks with that, Don, because that's the changes to the tax brackets, not the tax rates. Right. But the brackets to our point earlier with Congress and everything maybe going into going to gridlock, there's probably not going to be changes there, but they do shift. And this isn't a common occurrence, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, it does shift, but right. not the way it, it is for next year because we've had such a, a high level of inflation, inflation yeah. right, over the past year. So okay. it gives us the opportunities. And you made a, you bring up a great point. It's the tax brackets, not the rates. Right. That is always a point of confusion. So it gives us the opportunity for more tax-free Roth IRA contributions and conversions in 2023, Mark, mm-hmm. and probably 2023. 2024 as well because of you know this persistent inflation right. But there's here's another interesting phenomenon. There's an, actually a reduction on the Medicare premium for next year hmm. for 2023. It's going down to about 165 dollars a month for most people. So that's not what people would expect, right? Right. Kind of in a sweet spot there with a reduction of Medicare premium and in, in an increase in the tax bracket. So. As it relates to those rates that you just mentioned, here's a key point. There's only four more years of the current tax rate structure until the taxes go way up by law. Kind of a technical point, but in this, in uh, the beginning of 2026, the tax rates expire the current ones. We go back to the old tax rates, which are much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other point is the gift limit. A lot of people are interested in this. It's going up to $17,000 per person next year. So that's good news. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to your point on that, yeah, they basically sunset back to, I believe, the Obama era administration as well. They'll go back to the tax rates under that uh, setting there. So anything radical, Any, we've had a lot of obviously things that people might consider radical all, uh, this year. Any radical changes to that? Uh, something about, uh, I think I heard something about Medicare and Social Security age uh maybe they're moving that up maybe the ira distribution age again playing around with the 72 to 75 things like
1: that yeah actually a couple of things one there there's no chance in the world that there's going to be a change in medicare mark or social security for people over age 50
0: well i'm 51 that's good news
1: <laughs> all right so you're right there you know i'm i'm there as well um, so that's good news. Uh, but for younger people, at some point, there's almost definitely going to be a change. Mm. I mean, just think years ago, yeah. the social security age was 65. Yeah. Right. And then they change it to 67 if you were born after 1960. So, you know, most people now when they're dealing with, let's say collecting social security for the first time, um, you know, they're 66 and, you know, eight months, something like that. But if you were born after 1980 or 1990, like a lot of, our kids and some of our uh, grandkids it's likely to be that they're going to make the change and that age 65 is not going to be the medicare age for them Mm -hmm. or 67 it's likely to go to, to increase to around age 70 at some point in the future to receive medicare or social security but not for people nearing retirement today let's make that clear but this also opens up the importance for a lot of intergenerational planning for kids and grandkids because they're the ones that are going to feel the effects of these changes on Social Security and Medicare.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can make many arguments that we're living longer, so it's not the worst idea to push that back. Uh, And certainly will do a lot for the funding and things that we hear about. So, uh, yeah, that's a great point as well about the intergenerational, say that three times fast, planning for (laughs) our kids and grandkids. Um, Any IRA rules? Uh, You know, obviously the SECURE Act Uh, changes, brought changes, but what about the proposed maybe 2.0 version?
1: Yeah, that one's likely uh, really to, I think, get passed, um, the Secure Act 2.0, and more likely in 2023 than this year. Mm -hmm. And the big change there is increasing the age for the first IRA distribution from age 72 to maybe 73 or 74 or 75, there's a lot more than that to the the changes they're proposing, but we'll definitely keep a, a sharp eye on this one you know, over the next uh – month or two. You know, and that's so
0: funny. I think that and hits people is weird. They moved it from 70 and a half, which was always confusing, which was great to 72. And they're thinking about backing it up. Yet we hear that we need tax revenue, right? Because of all the debt we have. So people get confused thinking, well, why do they keep pushing this back? We well, you'd think they'd want that money. And so I guess there's different ways of looking at that, right? It, the accounts have time to get bigger for one thing, right? So I guess there's a, you know, there's a Multiple viewpoints, I suppose.
1: Yep. And exact that's exactly what we talk about in our collaboration. It's like, hey, the the account's gonna be larger. Mm-hmm in another two or three years, and you're going to be older and the distribution will be larger. <laughs> there you go, exactly. And then, of course, we, you know that one party always thinks, and we might be in control of Congress and the presidency then. We'll have more money coming ah, in. Ah, yes, there we so go. There's always a strategy behind always it. Always a strategy.
0: Well, again, as always, there's definitely strategies to doing these things, and Don uh, stays in there, in the know with that stuff, with the different meetings and the different things going on. So, again, we'll post a link to that Wall Street Journal uh, link, or uh, interview that he did We'll also uh, do our normal stuff here on the show. So if you need some help, if you've, you know, something useful or something kind of triggered your brain there, you know you need to have these chats. Reach out to Don uh, at his website. Find him online, donaldcash.com. You should always do so before taking any action uh, when it comes to anything with your retirement plans. Before you do anything crazy, you want to make sure you talk with a qualified professional. He is a CPA and a CFP. Again, find them online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. Just type in your money and your life in the search box. Most of those apps are pre-installed on phones nowadays. So if you're an Apple user, just hit the Apple podcast button, type in the your money and your life in the search box. You'll find it that way. Or you can find it at the website, his main website. Don, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I always appreciate your time. Thanks, Mark. See you next time. Yeah, I'll see you soon. We'll do one uh, right before Thanksgiving, I think. So uh, we'll be able to talk about that a little bit. That's my favorite holiday, so I'm sure we'll have a good chat around that as well. And we'll catch you later here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.